Hello and uh, welcome to this podcast. Now, this one is different, again, <laughs> to what I normally do. It um, was prompted by a TED talk I was watching last night by a guy called Johan Hari. Now, he was talking at um, TED, I think it was in Glasgow in 2019, and was basically talking about how to handle depression. Now, this is something that I have an interest in because I feel photography uh, is a great way to um, help mental health which I think is very important. And so this was kind of pretty much up my street. And to give some context to that, in addition to photography, I've, I've previously trained as um, a life coach. I'm an NLP practitioner, or was, and um, also a behavioral profiler. And that kind of stems from an interest I've had when I was in my corporate um, work. And particularly as a manager, it was really important to me that um I could create as far as possible um, a healthy work environment for the people who work for me so that they could grow and um, be really successful in what they were doing. So this all kind of ties together. Um, The timing is ironic as well because I'm recording this at the end of November 2022, the 28th, and it's likely to go out on Christmas Day (laughs) because I like to work a few weeks ahead. So uh, Christmas, particularly for many people, is one of those times of year they dread, dislike, you know, wherever they may be on that scale, as well as other people absolutely love it and look forward to it. So it's um, just interesting the way this came about. I didn't plan it. It just sort of happened. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what Johan was sharing and um, also use some of what I learned when I was doing behavioural profiling and that kind of work. And then tie it back to where I believe photography can be very, very beneficial and is um, very much something you can add to your arsenal if you're somebody who does suffer from depression uh, from time to time or maybe a lot of the time. And and depression is one of those things it's become easier to talk about in recent years, but there's still an aspect of stigma about it. Uh, And in fact... Um, often it's not one of those things that means you're weak it's often because you've been trying to be strong for too long and that can result in um, in, in depression so let me just dive in a little bit to what Johan was talking about the other thing I want to make very clear is that if you are currently getting help or on medication or whatever it might be for uh, depression this is not I'm definitely not telling you to stop any of that what I am saying is that if you implement what I'm suggesting here, it might be an additional help. But I'm not a doctor and um, uh, this is not medical advice. So please uh, accept it in the spirit that it's intended. So um, Johan speaks about um, nine particular causes have been identified um, for depression. And, and basically two of them are genetic, uh, which and basically by that, so my understanding of genetics is that um, your your DNA, if you like, your your, um, your genetic coding, it's kind of like a blueprint. So, and I had a great analogy a few months ago. It's like if you're building a house, your genes are the blueprint for that house, but they don't actually do anything. You have to activate them. Genes don't just switch on on their own, which is, I think, a common misconception. So... Yeah, some of us in our house plans, if we think of ourselves as houses, have some plans in there that um, aren't necessarily helpful in our current circumstances. 
they probably arrived there because generations ago they were they were really helpful um, genes, very helpful plans to have, but they're not uh, particularly helpful if you follow those plans today. However, most of the um, causes are really down to how we live. So I'm going to talk about those um, a little bit. And um, basically, the first of those, if you're feeling lonely, you are definitely more likely to succumb to depression or to suffer from uh, depression and he referred to uh, a study now I don't know the sample size and I don't know exactly when this was done other than it was before um, he spoke in 2019 and there was a survey done in the US where 39% of people said they didn't feel particularly close to anybody so uh, that's a huge number huge percentage and in fact the UK and Europe or at least some of Europe and I don't know which parts of Europe uh, were very similar not quite as high but not far behind so that's um, that's a lot. It's over a third of the population. So if you are one of those people who feel that way, uh, first of all, you're not alone. Um, and it seems to be a, an increasing or an increasingly common aspect of how we live these days that people are feeling more isolated. Another factor was having no control over their job or, or the um, the work environment they were in. A third one was that they rarely get out into into the natural world. So they don't connect with nature. So <laughs> if you know what I do, you might know where I'm heading with this, but um, we'll we'll carry on on the journey. But I, I mean, I strongly believe that that connection with the natural world is really important. And that's part of what drives my the wildlife photography, because even if you can't get out, if you can sit down and have a, a picture on the wall next to a chair that you can just look at, just chill out with a, a cup of whatever you like to drink and um just find a bit of time every day to do that. That might be enough to just give you, you know, push you into the, the positive part of mental health rather than slipping into more of the negative. Um, there are some physical, um, and there are some needs as well. So we all have physical needs, obviously. So and what I mean by that is uh, food, water, um, a roof over our head, those kind of physical basic needs that means we can survive and hopefully take us beyond survival but sitting alongside those we also have psychological needs and we tend to focus on the physical but not so much the psychological and when I was doing my coaching one of the things we would definitely do uh, with a client or I would we were taught to do with a client is when they would talk about what their issues were what was what the problem was at the time we would just what we would refer to as chunk down so we would actually get much more specific to what the underlying causes might be and generally they would come down to three one of three basic fears and basically they are not belonging so that that fear of not belonging to anything the fear of being found out or fear of being not good enough is the other way that could be expressed and basically the fear of not being loved and uh johan related a story where he was talking to somebody else and um this person had pointed out that if you look at us as an animal in the, the natural world or as a species, we're not the strongest, we're not the fastest, we're not the biggest, but we are the most successful in terms of how we dominate the world around us now. And the reason that we're, we're successful is that we work together. And if you look at most mammal species, they live in groups, they live in communities. It's unusual 
to not have um, a mammal or not have some aspect of a group in in a particular mammal society. Now, it may be that, um, say, males often end up being solitary in certain situations, but they will generally reconnect with a community, even if it's um, just from time to time. So um, it's certainly a a trait within uh, mammals that we prefer to work together, and it's definitely what's made us successful as a species, that ability to um, work together. So how do we um, do something about that? Well, I'm going to come back to this, but I think this connecting with people is definitely um, a positive thing to do. And I think we can connect in a certain way, which is even stronger. But I'm going to come back to that because another area where people who have depression are often struggling is that they are struggling to find meaning or purpose in their life. Now, there's a, back, a book called Viktor Frankl called Man's Search for Meaning. Now, I don't know if you've heard of Viktor Frankl. Uh, he died a while ago now, but he was in one of the... He was a uh, Jew in one of the Nazi concentration camps, and he survived and, and wrote this book. But it's based around um, a, a kind of core observation that he made, and that was that the people, the people split into one of two broad groups. There was the group that gave up, lost hope lost that need to survive and they generally died pretty fast in the camps and then there was the group that gave themselves meaning they might give the experience meaning or they might apply it to their lives and often that meaning was to survive that whole situation so that they could tell the world about what had gone on there and that was a huge drive and generally that group of people survived not not 100% but that was a uh, one of the broad differences that he found. So it's a, it's a really good book if you're interested in psychology, and I hope I haven't, hope I haven't spoilt it for you, but that was one of the observations that he made. So finding something in your life that gives you meaning is really important. So I'm going to come back to that as well. <laughs> but certainly a way of giving yourself meaning is to create work or perform a deed, so basically create something or do something. And also experiencing something that's important to you. It might be beauty, it might be truth, but experiencing something of value can also help to um, add that meaning and purpose to your life. So as I've said, I'll come back to that. And um, another one is do people see you? So again, I'm going to come back to that. I want to touch on something else, though, which was also fundamental to the coaching work I used to do, and particularly with behavioral profiling. And that is something that was actually, uh, I believe it's defined by Tony Robbins. And that is what we know in, in, in coaching terms as the, the six core needs. And it ties in very closely um, to personality um, profiling uh, using a, a thing called DISC. So if you've heard of DISC, this might sound familiar. If you haven't, it doesn't matter. Uh, but th- the thing about the core needs is that there are six of them and the first four of them pair off. So the first need that we have is a need for certainty. That might also be described as comfort or security. And that balances off with our need for uncertainty. And you could also describe that as variety or adventure. So that's kind of like um, if you think of a balancing pole, you've got comfort, certainty, security at one end, uncertainty, variety and adventure at the other. And for us individually, there's a balancing point somewhere along that that pole that where that those two 
are just right for us. So most of us need some level of both. Now, for some people, they need a lot of security and are quite happy with very limited variety or adventure. For others, they're way up on the adventure and variety scale. And so there's no rights and wrongs about these things. It's just where you happen to sit on those scales. And certain disk types will tend to be at certain points along that pole. So um, that's, that's one thing that defines what works for us as individuals. The next pair in those six core needs are connection, or you could also describe that as love, and then significance. So they're on either ends of this balancing pole. So what? how does that work? So significance is the need to be seen. So some of us don't need much significance at all, but are quite happily working within a family, say, and providing love or providing some service, that could be an expression of love, to the people around. Now, if you think of people like, and I'm using a bit of a stereotype here, but let's take somebody who's in the nursing profession. Often those people go very much unnoticed until we need them. So you could argue that their need for significance is quite low, but they're absolutely there and there for us in, in a connection sense or a sense of giving love when we need them. So that might be somebody who has a low a need for, a small need for significance but a high need for connection. Um, another way of gaining significance um, is to be very much in people's face. So that could be somebody maybe in the performing arts. So they ha- might have a big need for significance. Or you could even think of somebody... Now, the person who's jumped to mind is Elon Musk because <laughs> um, he's in the news a lot at the moment. But that's someone I would argue has a big need for significance. Uh, but maybe not so much on the connection side with people because he's one of these people who will tend to take the credit for things. And I'm thinking about a comment I saw him make about Twitter a week or two ago. Um, So he might take credit for things that he didn't necessarily deserve that credit, you could argue. And and there are other people we could probably think of who are more in that sort of personality type. Generally, people who are high on the... You know, you might describe them as having a big ego, and I'm sure we can all think of other people there. And how we meet those needs is important, and and you can do it in a way that's constructive, which might be how a nurse operates, or destructive. And the way you would define those is, are they really just put a yardstick against it? Are they good for you? Are they good for the people you're with? And are they good for the group, society as a whole? And um, an unhealthy way, being healthy is another way of thinking about this, is to, let's say you're in a meeting and you stand up and you absolutely ball somebody out. I mean, absolutely take them apart. They, they might be in tears, um, you know, very horrible situation and these things do happen. Now, if you're the person who's doing all of that, have you met your need for significance? You, I'm sure you have because I'm sure everybody in that meeting, in that room is absolutely staring at you. I mean, you're certainly getting noticed but is it is it meeting your need for connection and love? It might be meeting your need for connection in a way, but it's definitely not a healthy way of doing it. So there are different ways we, we meet these needs, and that's really what I'm trying to get across. And I'm doing it in a very simple way, and I'm definitely not doing it in a way that gives these things justice because they are really important. But hopefully, um, as a, a kind of scratch pad way of looking at them, it's, it's serving a purpose. Then the final two needs are growth and contribution. And basically, you can only meet those two in a way that, is uh, positive because growth is about learning it's about expanding comfort zone if you want to think about it in those terms 
but it's becoming more than we currently are and who we were yesterday and all this sort of stuff so growth is one that we can only meet constructively and contribution as well is giving back but it's giving back in a way that is not about us so if we're giving to giving in some way but making a big song and dance about it that's not contribution that's actually getting significance but if you are just contributing in a way say supporting a charity but you're um, you know those you don't publicize it you just give back or you might give back by doing work in some form so there are many ways we can uh, make a contribution but if it's purely giving and not looking for any return then that is contribution and it's you can only do that in a healthy way so those are the six core needs so i've kind of talked about this hopefully this is making some sense at least so how does this apply to photography well one of the ways that you can really help yourself and meet a lot of the core needs deal with a lot of these basic fears the the three basic fears of not belonging of not being good enough not being loved all of those things um how does photography help well first of all you know when you're doing something that is meeting all of your needs let's say these six core needs because you're in a, a state that's called flow and what's that all about well Flow simply means it's when you're doing something, you're completely absorbed in it and you lose track of time, you lose track of even where you are. You're just in that in the moment of doing what you're doing. And I'm sure we've all experienced that doing certain things. And I certainly have found that when I'm doing photography and um, or I'm working or, you know, doing post-processing. I I just get I'm in the moment. I mean, I'm completely absorbed by what I'm doing and hours can go by and I haven't realized or I suddenly realize my feet are cold <laughs> or something else. You know, there's some other prompt. But it means I'm in flow. And, when, and being in this state of flow means that you're, you're in that moment, you're kind of meeting, you're meeting your needs or the needs that you have in that moment. And that's kind of a healthy place to be. So if you're listening to these podcasts, I'm assuming you've got an interest in photography. I'm assuming you've got an interest in wildlife. And the chances are, when you've been involved in one or other of those activities, or possibly both together, you've experienced that sense of just time has gone by and you hadn't realised the time had gone by. You've been so absorbed in what you're doing. So that's one area I believe that photography can help, because if you can find moments where you do that, or periods where you're just absorbed in what you're doing, that's that's very healthy, and out of that can come um a, a sense of meaning in your life having purpose because you're creating um art or you're creating images that you might want to share with other people you might want to just enjoy yourself but that's um, an area where um you're not going to be depressed when you're doing that is, is the point i'm getting at now something else i've been trying to do with photography and i've been kind of experimenting with this for over a year now is how to create community out of photography and the latest way is with the um patreon membership which if you you may have heard my um, webinar on that and if you haven't you can definitely find out more about it by going to the website so uh, www.ge.photography should get you there uh, if for any reason it doesn't drop me a, an email so i'm at graham g-r-a-h-a-m at ge.photography and that will definitely get to me and um, what i want to do there one of the, my aims has been to create a community 
of photographers where we can just exchange work, share it. It doesn't have to be for critiquing. It's just saying, how hey, I love that. And, it, you know, but if you want people to critique, invite them to. If you just want to share, say, look, I'm not interested in feedback, but I just really wanted to share this because I'm pleased with it. And that's, uh, you know, after all what it comes down to. Art is very subjective. And I think this is an important thing to understand. And I know a lot of people do get a bit um, discouraged when they get negative feedback on work that they've um, they've enjoyed and they're, they're pleased with. So I would definitely say, unless you ask for it, and be careful who you ask feedback from, the rest of it is just opinion. And there's an old saying that, you know, opinions are like belly buttons, we've all got one, but, you know, does it serve any function? Not really. So... Um, I would first of all say if you've, if you've found yourself in that situation where you've produced some work, you've been really pleased and then you've got a lot of negative comments and you've sort of taken that to heart, don't. Because everyone has an opinion. People view art through their own expectations, their own life experiences, and we're all different. So they, those are going to be different from person to person. So one of my aims in the group in the, in, and some of the uh, membership tiers have that group component to them. What I really want to do is have a place where we can share work together just for the sake of sharing it and say, I love this. And I look at a lot of photographers' work and I get inspired um, by it. I'll also share (laughs) on Instagram, I I share a lot of work and I often find that work that I'm really pleased with gets very few likes and work that I thought was pretty ordinary, that gets loads of likes. So I've come to the conclusion that, um, uh, you know, just to let it it go, put it out there, but don't worry about the result. The, The... Bottom line is, do I like it, at least to to that extent? And I I would say for you as well, if you're producing work that you really enjoy, then that's that's good enough. But I think being part of a group is useful because you've got that opportunity to ask for feedback. But again, bearing in mind it is just opinion, often, uh, unless there's something specific. To me, the only opinions that really matter if I'm doing work for uh, when I, I... used to do portrait work the my client's opinions are important but beyond that I, I really didn't take much notice of people's opinion unless it was another photographer or somebody whose opinion I valued and then that was important but most people will give you feedback or give you comments um, uninvited and I just tend to ignore those to be perfectly honest uh, occasionally someone will make a, a comment I think yeah okay that's a fair point but on the whole I don't worry about it so Bringing this back to the discussion about um, depression, I think that the the key takeaways I got from uh, Johan's talk were that, first of all, do find a purpose in your life. And it doesn't have to be a big purpose. It can be just doing something you enjoy, something you look forward to doing, something ideally that you can share with other people. But again, with that caveat, that they don't need to give you great feedback you're sharing for the sake of sharing with them, and um, but allow them to like it or not like it. It doesn't really matter. That's their choice. And I think if you can let go of that need for other people to give you um, significance, <laughs> turning it back to those six core needs I was talking about, um, let go of that. Make it more contribution. It doesn't. Ha- it's not about you anymore. It's about the art. They'll either like it or they won't. But you've created something. And what you can do, the, the takeaway you can get is to look at, well, how can you improve that? To, to, and improvement is simply that you get more joy from it, more um, enjoyment from doing that. So look at other people's work, learn from that. 
as I said, if you can belong to a group, it doesn't have to be one I've created, but if you can find a group of people where you can share work and can maybe do photography together. I used to do photo walks when I was in uh, Sydney with um, a group called We're Observers. And it was just nice being able to be with other photographers. I was there as a mentor, so I'd help people create the kind of photographs they were trying to create. And um, I'd be looking for ideas, sharing ideas. Sometimes I'd get ideas from them as well. So it's definitely a two-way process. So if you can find somewhere where if you have a passion, and even if it's not photography, just find other people who are into that particular, have that same interest, then that can be a way of just helping your mental health. It's a way of connecting with other people. And if you're somebody who finds it difficult to make friends, if you've got a common interest, it gives you another language. You can use the language of photography, if it's photography or whatever it is you're into, and just speak that language with other people who probably find it as difficult to connect as you do. And they're probably just as grateful to find another person with the same interest as you are. So I think this is a very, it can be a very positive and self-nurturing experience. And I, I think that's something that um, is very important. So I'm going to wind, I'm going to wind this up because I, I'm conscious that I could talk about this for another hour and um, I don't want to just be sit here babbling about it, but I hope you've got some valuable takeaways from this. And it may not be you that, you know, you might be quite happy and not be depressed at all, but you might know other people who um, do find it difficult from time to time, do struggle a little bit. So maybe photography is a language and experience that you can share with them that might give them a bit of connection and a bit of purpose and um, just just make life a bit more enjoyable for them. And um, I, I, I found when I help people like that, I, I get a lot of enjoyment from that as well. So um, there you go. So if you are listening to this on Christmas Day, which is when this is likely to go out, um, happy Christmas <laughs> and uh, or whatever your beliefs are, happy whatever you're celebrating or if, if you're not, just, um, you know, have a great day. And uh, also, obviously, the new year is coming up as I record this, the 2023. Let's hope that's um, a great year for us all 2022 has certainly been one that won't be forgotten in a hurry but um has presented a whole lot of challenges so um yeah let's hope 2023 is one where we all um maybe relax a bit move forward um achieve whatever it is we want to achieve for that year and i hope you've managed to achieve something in 2022 as well i'm going to shut up so (laughs) i will speak to you on the next podcast bye for now Just before I go, I want to let you know that there's a couple of ways you can support me if you feel so inclined. Uh, With the podcast, Buzzsprout, which is the the platform I use for all of my podcasts, they have a subscription model. So if you feel that you would like to subscribe, a few dollars, a few euros, whatever, um, to the podcast, that would be much appreciated. The other option is my Patreon membership. So if you'd like to become a patron, and that starts at the price of a cup of coffee every month, You'll get access to exclusive material, behind-the-scenes material, photography tips, all this kind of stuff, depending on which tier you're at. So there is information available through my website and um, also on the, the written text to go with this podcast. So if you choose either one, thank you so much in advance. And whether or not you do, I hope you uh, continue to enjoy the podcast and let other people know about them. Thank you very much. Bye for now.